Welcome to the Leah Andrews Show. I am very happy to introduce Miss Fanny Weingarten. She is an amazing woman, an amazing businesswoman. And before all of her accomplishments, she also survived Auschwitz as yes. a young child. Yes. Survived Auschwitz at the age of 10. And I'm the only one alive today. I'll be 81 this July. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it has been rough. Yeah. But I'll show you one video that I have, which was very amazing, that after all of that that I have gone through, I was able to pull myself together. I had a career. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked for Greenspan, the ex-Federal Reserve Chairman. Yes, yes. For eight years, and then I had... I worked for other people also. I had my own factory, and I, wow. I had three hundred. We had three hundred twenty employees. Wow! And so it was quite amazing. Yeah. I skied, I swam, I skydived, I did wow. everything. So. And you're you were a gymnast. Yeah, I was a gymnast. Wow. I was a gymnast at the age of five. Wow. Okay. Yes. So. Can I you... was trained for the Olympic for six years. Mm -hmm. I used to do the floor exercises mm -hmm. and then jump, you know, do seven somersaults in the air. Wow. So, but I couldn't go because I was Jewish. Anyway, so Jews could not go to the Olympics. Wow. Jews, Jews could not have a license for business. Mm -hmm. You know, my father was a rabbi. He mm -hmm. was an honorary rabbi. And we lived in Borno in Czechoslovakia. I was up, we were uprooted one day, mm -hmm. some soldiers came in and they said in 10, in 15 minutes you pack up everything, what you can, and we are going to the ghetto. Wow. And so what could you take in 15 minutes, yeah. half an hour? Yeah. That's amazing. So, so Ms. Fanny, when you, did you have any warning before, like did you know things were getting bad before they showed up at your house? Did we any, did we have, well, as I said, it started that first Jews had to register. Okay, so that, so you had some... You had to register, mm -hmm. and then you had to, then they took away your licenses, because in Europe you needed a license for, for um, business. Yes. My father owned two streets in the second largest city of Czechoslovakia, mm -hmm. so we were quite well to do. You see my house. Yes in Czechoslovakia. Okay. So anyway, then they took away your business, mm -hmm. your bank book, yeah. your house, and then they took you to ghetto. Wow. And from the ghetto, that was already, you know, broken up because men, men were in nine families lived in one house. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, but that was paradise in comparison to Auschwitz. I got it. I can imagine. When we came to Auschwitz, that is something no one can describe. What you felt first was uh, burning grease and flesh. Oh my God. And then the ashes, you know, you become very uh, gray mm -hmm. because the ashes of the, from the crematorium were flying all over. So oh all the, mm -hmm. the buildings, the cars, everything mm -hmm. was gray, and you yourself were gray. Yeah. And those were the remains from... Now, the Germans used the fat mm -hmm. for, to make soap, 
and it said it was sold all over Europe. It was R J F means pure Jewish fat. Wow. And it sold all over. They made from human skin. They made lampshades and uh, and pants. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Mengele had a pelvis for an ashtray. And wow. for a decoration on his uh, ceiling, mm -hmm. there were four decapitated heads that he did himself, and they were there as decoration. Wow. So how, how long did you spend in Auschwitz? Well, I was two and a half years total. Wow. I was eight months in Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. Then we went to a, a munition factory where we worked 18 hours a day. And uh, then when the Allies started to come near, they kept taking us further and further into Germany. So we shouldn't be set, uh, liberated. Yes. And the order was that we ha they have to take us as far as we, they can. Mm -hmm. And at the end, everybody has to be shot. There shouldn't be one living person wow. after that. Wow. He wanted to have a Jew-free Europe. Wow. Yeah. So that was the order. Now, in Auschwitz, where my father was liberated, he, was, he worked in a chemical factory. You know that Hitler had a chemical, for his chemical warfare, mm -hmm. they produced a poison, it was called taboo. Uh, one drop on your skin either killed you in one minute or sooner. Wow. So uh, the Ige Farben, you uh, no, heard about them, no, Ige Farben is the third largest chemical company in the world. Okay. And they made the warfare, the chemical warfare for Hitler, and in fact they supplied the cyclone gas for Auschwitz. Wow. In Auschwitz, Every seven minutes, 1,285 people were gassed mm -hmm. 24 hours a day for I don't know how many years. Wow. So in Auschwitz alone, 4 million people were gassed. 4 million. Wow. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And uh, sometimes, you know, they wanted to, to be very saving. They wanted to save, so they didn't want to give too much gas for to die. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they were half life burned in the crematorium. Mm -hmm. And they had a system, you see, before Auschwitz, it was very uncomfortable. They had to shoot people, mm -hmm. and how many people can you shoot? And what you do with the corpses was very unpleasant. So they had to create an Auschwitz that mm -hmm. was a killing factory. Wow. It was the... Um, floor of the crematorium was on wheels and they wheeled in the the bodies the, the dead bodies into the crematorium where they were burned so that was going on 24 hours a day i don't know for how many years mm -hmm. so anyway my father worked in one of those chemical factories the germans when they came in they had double rubber suits for protection and the inmates worked unprotected. Mm -hmm. So they all got maimed, you know, they got suffoc they were lung problems, mm -hmm. and they got infections, yeah. and they got paralyzed. Wow. So 
My father worked in one of the factories there, and he got an infection of the kidney. Mm -hmm. It became cancerous, and that's what he died from after the war. But anyway, he was in the hospital, in the so-called hospital, where they didn't do anything. But they just had a bed where you sat. And when they were li when uh, before they were liberated was the death march, mm -hmm. which meant everybody was marched out and they shot everybody because there were very few people left. Mm -hmm. And um, my father couldn't walk anymore, so he was left on the bed. And they thought he's going to die soon anyway because he was too sick to mm -hmm. walk. So that's how he got the end. About two or three hours later, the Russians came in and he was liberated. Wow. That's how he stayed alive. And where were you at that point? I was, I was, uh, well, I really, there were three reasons, three occasions that I was saved. Namely, we were standing a pearl mean that we were counted in a row of five from four o'clock in the morning till ten o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm and from 4 o'clock in the evening till 10 o'clock in the evening. I mean, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Now, they were counting us. If, God forbid, one person was missing, and nothing, nobody was missing, because you couldn't run away, you mm -hmm. couldn't go anywhere, because, uh, you know, there were electric wires between each camp. But, let's say somebody was... Uh, got sick and they took her to the gas chamber and they forgot to deduct her. So that's where the missing. Then came dogs with, uh, they were barking and with all kinds of uh, leather straps, you know. They came and they were looking for a person where the person is not missing. So anyway, every Every day they were counting us, twice a day. Mm -hmm. And it was always a question that uh, should, you, should I be on the right side or on the left side of the five, you know? Because mm -hmm. if the German passes on the right side, I would be taken out as a kid, you know, I, immediately. Oh, uh, or should I be placed on the left side? Where, where is he going to pass by? Mm -hmm. But sometimes they were hiding me in the middle and they were standing a little bit crooked that I right. shouldn't be seen. Because as a child, I will never survive. So what, they, what would they do to you if they found you as a child? If they found me, they just take me to the gas chamber and wow. I was cast wow. with all the other kids. However, one day, uh, I also should say that we were 1,000 people in one barrack, mm -hmm. and there were 32 barracks, so in each camp were 32,000 people, mm -hmm. and they were counted every time. So the, the one that was in charge of the barrack was actually Jewish. She was given a little bit better, more bread and more better quarters, mm -hmm. and for that she had to treat us just like the Germans. Yeah. Now. One day, the German passed me by, the one that was counting, and she said, Officer, you just passed a child. So they take me out of the row, and my mother was screaming, and yeah. what to know of it, was taken out. At the end, 
they took us to the to the they took out a few children that they selected and they took us to the children barracks. The children barracks was no longer the, uh, fed because they were going to be gas anyway, so it was not worthwhile to feed. Yes. So they were there for a few days already, and they they were screaming, they were yelling, you know, they were hungry, and you know, kids. Yeah. And they want to go to to my mother. I want to go to my mother, and mm -hmm. you know, so that was going on in the children's barracks. Anyway, I was given a place on the third row of the beds. You know, in each bed that was as big as from here to that column, mm -hmm. seven people one way and seven people the other way, 14 people were in such a bed. Mm -hmm. And it was wood, but the woods were not together, mm -hmm. so, you know, you were skinny, and so if, the, if your body fell through between two woods, you got scratched because it was, mm -hmm. you know, not finished wood. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I was up there, and Please have one. Oh, no, I'm good, I'm good. Please. Okay, I'll take <laughs> So anyway, uh, I was put up there and I went to the to that woman who was in charge of this barrel. Mm -hmm. I said, listen, my ma I left my mother back there mm -hmm. and she was screaming, she wouldn't make it without me. Can you do something to get me back? And she made like this mm -hmm. to her ears, like she didn't hear and she passed by. But half an hour later, she came back and she told me, I never saw you, I never talked to you, but I'm telling you, I'm going to leave the, the door open for half an hour, mm -hmm. and if you want to, you can run, let them shoot you, what do I care? But under her nose, she said, you can't lose anything because tomorrow we all go to the gas chamber. So anyway, I ran, and the spotlight just passed me with the hair, because if they spot me, you know, they shoot me right away. So I was running, and I ran back to my mother. She squeezed me so hard to that, to the bed. Anyway, that was one uh, how I escaped, you know, death. And next time we went to see that barrack, it was completely empty. Nobody was there. Whenever they, they accumulated about 1,000 children, when they were all there, then they took them to the gas chamber. And together with the woman that saved me, actually. Oh, they took her too? She was they, killed? She too. Everybody went to the gas chamber so that she should not be able to tell the story. She took, so they were changing them every few months. So anyway, that was one time that I escaped. The second time, you know, I have had it. I didn't want to suffer anymore. And many people that got very depressed and they, they grabbed the electric wire and they blew up like a balloon. And they were yellow and green and lilac and terrible. And then they took them down and they all died. So I decided one day that I, I have had it, 
I can't, I don't want to go through any more the yes. same, you know, hunger and starvation and torture and everything. So I said, and it will be better for my mother because she would always try to come back and they could still select her for work and she could still get out of Auschwitz and leave. But if we'll be together, she'll always want to come back and she will die too. So I went, in the middle of the night, I told my mother, I'm going to get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. She said, fresh air in the middle of the night? Yeah. So I went, I grabbed the electric wire, and I am thinking, and I'm holding it tight, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, is this is how dying is? It's so easy, you don't feel anything. Or are people so scared of it? Pinching so, myself, mm -hmm. and I see I am still alive. Uh -huh. And I, so after 10 minutes, I just left the electric wire, and I came down, I went back to my mother. There were three occasions in Auschwitz that the, there was no electricity in the wire. One oh, wow. was when they were making a new camp, mm -hmm. and then they had to take off the wires. Then they were repairing something, and this time I don't know what it was. But there was just no electricity in the wire, and I just couldn't die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that was another occasion. And the third time, how I really got out of Auschwitz, you know, after what they were doing, they were putting a lot of people in, the, in this uh, camp. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, it was not such an exact selection. So from these, they were they made selections every, let's say every week, every so often, they made selections and they took out the people that were still good to work. Mm -hmm. Anybody below 17, above 35 was useless for the cause. Wow. So anything in between, and if they were healthy looking, good looking, you know, then they selected them to work in one of some of their factories because, you know, Hitler's um, men and women were all at the front. He started uh, in the, toward the end of the war, even kids were, were uh, soldiers. Mm -hmm. So everybody was at, at the front, so there was nobody to mend their factories. Mm -hmm. So they used slave labor, they used us for, for it. And so, whoever was not useful anymore, then they and was left over. They took us all to the gas chamber, and they were putting us in the gas chamber, you know, very tight, and there was no room to move. And I was thinking, and then the door was shut, and I was thinking, how is it going to be dying to suffocate? And I'm waiting, waiting, waiting nothing happens. And all of a sudden the door opened of the cram of the gas chamber. That also never happened. Once the door was shut, that was it. So the door opened and there were about five or six men dressed normally, you know, not in uniform. Mm -hmm. And they came from one of their factories that they need 1,500 workers. Mm -hmm. Now, rather than for them to go and select 1,500 people, they just took us out wow. and they, they gave us a warm shower that we didn't have for eight months. Mm -hmm. And 
they put us out on the, in the yard because they didn't have clothes for us because whoever came out of the gas chamber didn't need any clothes mm -hmm. before. So we had a warm shower. It was December. They took up, put us out in the yard wet, oh naked, gosh. and the, my feet were frozen to the ground. Between 1,500 people, nobody sneezed. Nobody sneezed. We were there all night. You know, the icicles, I just took it off from my body. And we were there all night. And in the morning, they brought us clothes. We got dressed, and we were put on the train mm -hmm. to go to that factory. Mm -hmm. Now, that's how I got out of Auschwitz. I would have wow. never, never had the chance to get out. And this was with your mom? Your mom was with you? Yeah. yeah that was my second mom. My first mom oh. was... Uh, She had, she was young, she was 29, I was 10, she was 29. My grandmother was 49 and my grandfather was 52. So we were all young people, uh, but they were over the 35 limit. So my mother was okay, but she had a sister and she had three babies. And she was helping her to hold the babies. So when she went in front of Mengele, and she had the baby, whoever had the baby, you know, was right away gassed. So the, they saw that she was healthy and good looking. They said, give the child to the next, to that old woman. And she said, how can I give the baby to the old woman? It's my sister's baby. So he said, okay, you took go. So that's how she went. Now, when I was finally when we came to Auschwitz, you know, you were processed. They shaved your hair completely, mm -hmm. and they shaved you everywhere. They disinfected you with some whatever, and they gave you, you had to undress, of course, and they, you had to leave out your clothes, everything, just your shoes you could take. So if you were uh, tall, they gave you a short dress. If you were short they gave you a long dress mm -hmm. so they gave you a dress only one dress nothing else no underwear nothing mm -hmm. and um, and you were processed so as i was walking around in the camp you know the alone a kid alone came a woman and she said Take a break. It's okay. She said, Where is your mom? Mm -hmm. And I said, My mom went on the other side. It yeah. meant she was killed. Yeah. She said, I'll be your mom from now on. Yeah. She was my mom for 70 years. Wow. So that is the mark. Yeah. When she, we came home from the concentration camp, my father married her, and she was mm -hmm. my mom for seven years. I'll show you. Yeah. So that was how I got out of Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. We had one slice of bread in the beginning. 
I didn't eat it because it tasted like soap. Yeah. You know, it was rancid, yeah. uh, most probably rancid flour, and it tasted terrible. Yeah. But later on, it was delicious. Yeah. You know, you were very hungry. So it was one slice of bread, and in the evening they gave you a little tea with real sugar. I mean, there was sugar in the tea. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they had a soup. It was full of stones. Once in a while, a green leaf would swim. But they didn't put any salt. And the minute that you drank it, you had to go to the bathroom to urinate. And they made curfew. They didn't let you go for five hours. Mm -hmm. So people suffered, they wanted to relieve themselves. Anyway, I decided instead of rather to suffer, I wouldn't eat it. So I had one slice of bread and one glass of tea. Mm -hmm. Now I give half of my bread to my mother always because she was more hungry than I was. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. So, and we came to this munition factory. It was a normal building, not, you know, a camp. It was just, and um, everybody had a bed for himself. There was a mattress and a cover. We didn't have that. We thought we were in paradise. Mm -hmm. And uh, they gave us a little bit more to eat, and we worked 18 hours. And, uh, you know, then uh, it was, I don't know if you heard about Dresden, was bombed apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, we were right near Dresden, and okay. when there were all these bombing, then I like, we liked it very much because we didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. So I was <laughs> laying in the grass, and I looked at the, at the bombs falling. To me, it was like firework. I was a kid, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, now I was... Uh, my job, they asked me what I know, and said that I, I, am, I know how to teach math because my grandfather taught me, mm -hmm. he was my educator mm -hmm. really, he taught me how to add, subtract, multiply and divide mm -hmm. at the age of four. By oh, the wow. age of five I knew all the tables by heart. Uh -huh. When I came to school they put me right away three years higher class uh -huh. because I was already knew all the stuff. Yeah. And so I said, I, and I, I, at the age of six, mm. there was a whole other story that I'm not going to tell mm. you, but uh, I wanted to go to Hebrew school. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, Jews didn't want to study the, the uh, modern Hebrew because mm. very religious Jews waited they had the idea that Messiah has to come to Jerusalem and build it himself. You couldn't go and build your mm -hmm. okay. Jerusalem. So that's why we went to Auschwitz. Anyway, my father said, you cannot go to Hebrew school. And I said, every day I kept saying, I want to go to Hebrew school. And uh, so he said, like, you know, just to get me off, he said, if you earn your own tuition, then you can go. Okay. So anyway, there was a boy who needed tutoring he, uh, in the third class mm -hmm. because he uh, failed. And so I, I applied for the job at the age of six. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> so I got the job mm -hmm. and I was teaching him and I said, I don't want to get paid only if he passes. Mm -hmm. So 
he passed and they wanted me to keep on tutoring mm -hmm. him and I said, no, I only needed that much, uh -huh. as much as I needed for the tuition. Uh -huh. So I came to my father and I said, I have now my tuition. Uh -huh. well. And I go to Hebrew school. Uh -huh. You know, he couldn't imagine that a six-year-old kid is going to, especially you think of it 80 years earlier, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, I was already independent then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. so you got to go to Hebrew school? Yeah, I got to go to Hebrew <laughs> school and um, and I was at that time a Zionist. I wanted to go to Israel mm -hmm. to fight for Israel. Uh -huh. So anyway, they asked me what I know how to do. I said, I know how to teach Hebrew. Mm -hmm. I mean, how to teach math. Mm -hmm. And I I can play the piano. Uh-huh, okay. So they gave me a control job. Mm -hmm. Control job meant that I had to lift 200 pounds of iron, uh -huh. put it on my table, mm -hmm. calibrate it, measure it, and then put in my stamp. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't correct, you know, it was part of some tanks or I don't know what mm -hmm. munition, you know, then you went to Auschwitz straight wow. if it wasn't correct. Wow. Anyway, I lifted 200 pounds on my table, I measured it mm -hmm. and then put it down near my workshop mm -hmm. table. And you had to do 270 a day. If you did 269, you went back to Auschwitz to be gassed again. So my mother also worked near me mm -hmm. and she she couldn't do it also because you know was she couldn't do her job so I helped her I helped myself I was running back and forth to so that she makes her yeah. amount that she has to do and my amount so I was running back and forth but anyway that's why I have very strong hands You're today. You're kidding yeah that's yeah. a workout my gosh. You know, <laughs> so anyway, that was, every day we marched to the factory mm -hmm. through the town. Mm -hmm. Now, mothers brought their four and five-year-old children and they brought uh, bags of stones and they sh showed their children how they have to aim at us, oh my God. how they have to throw stones at us. And if the child didn't Catch, you know, didn't aim well, dada, she had to try again, and so that they had to aim at wow. us. That's insane. Now, imagine that this is how the mothers brought up this generation. Yeah. They can't even help it that they feel the way they do, you know? Yeah. Because imagine to to bother to, co to come to middle of town and to bring bags of stones with their children to yeah. show them how to. That shows you that Hitler wasn't alone. Exactly. The yeah. whole nation was with him. Yeah. I don't know whether he hypnotized them or whatever he did, but everybody was for it. Okay. Now in Auschwitz, there was a little cubic hole in the glass, in, in the gas chamber door. Mm -hmm. And there was there were Germans who liked to see how people suffocate. That was their hobby. Oh my God! Uh -huh. That's you know that was not part of the of their duty. Right, they just for fun. 
And then the commandant of Auschwitz had a hobby. Uh -huh. He was tying one uh, a rope to one barrack and into another barrack, and he was hanging newborn babies. He was he was mesmerized by the fact that they were not heavy enough to suffocate, you know. And to this day, I hear those babies crying. They were crying so the naked babies, they were shaking, you know, terrible. And he was hanging them, and then he gave them an injection to die. And that's what he did all day. That was his hobby. Whoever brought them a baby, brought him a baby, got extra bread. And you know, people were so hungry that they did everything for bread. Mm -hmm. Now, I still couldn't do it, but some people yeah. were doing it. Yeah. And so this was, I, I, to this day, I see the flames of the crematorium, you know, from, I was on the third mm -hmm. level of the bed, and from my bed I could see there was a little hole that was called uh, window. I could see the crematorium flames, and they were yellow, and they were, but I'm not exaggerating, and green and mm -hmm. lilac. And to this day, I cannot, you know, all night, I cannot, I want to close my eyes, but you can't. Yeah. And I hear those babies crying. Yes. These are the two things I can't shake. Yes. Even though I had many, many inhibitions, I should also tell you that in Auschwitz, People had all kinds of lies, and mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. I washed my myself yeah. with chlor, with that disinfectant powder that they had in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. uh, summer and winter, with cold water, I washed myself and I washed my dress every day, and I wore it, and it dried on me wow. when it dried. Mm -hmm. In the winter, you know, it was all ice. But I washed it, and I never had any of those things. Mm -hmm. I washed it every day, and washed myself every day in cold water. Now, the people there used to say, oh, the nut is going for her ritual bath. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, nobody did it. Yes. They, nobody wanted to feel cold, and... Yes. So... And... And I remember that the neighbor used to ask my mother, is your daughter normal? Tell me that I could give her half of the bread. I tell you, nobody, nobody could stand yeah. not to eat the whole bread because you were so hungry. Yes. Mothers stole bread from their children. You can imagine that? Mm -hmm. Now they say that mothers ate their children, but I have never seen it. I only heard. So anyway, this was the life in Auschwitz, and that's how I escaped, actually, as I told you. Mm -hmm. I would have never been able to get out of Auschwitz, they would never select me. Now, the reason that I really uh, missed the selection, mm -hmm. you know, when you arrived from the, that cattle wagon, mm -hmm. uh, they, you had to run, you know, and my father and grandfather told me that I have to say that I'm 18 years old because mm -hmm. I, if not, they would kill me. Yes. Now, I was so worried 
that my father and grandfather told me to lie. They, I have never lied before in my life. Mm -hmm. And in the cattle wagon, it was a trip that would, could be done in two and a half hours. We went seven days. It took us, and in seven days, I was only worried how will I able be able to lie, oh. and how will I be able to look in the mm -hmm. uh, eyes of the German and say a straight lie. Yeah. And was I was worried that my father told me to lie. Mm -hmm. You know, all my life, I mean, all my life, I was ten years old. It yeah. was different. Yes. And when I arrived, I really felt that everybody lied to me. They said everybody is good. Everybody is just, and nobody lies, and uh, government is always right, and you have to abide by all the laws. That's why we went like lambs to the gas chamber, because we were brought up like that, mm -hmm. to be obedient, yes. to be good. And I felt that they lied to me. I was so disappointed, you know. I felt differently than these grown-ups, you know, when you're a kid you are much more impressed and mm -hmm. everything is more engraved, you know. And I wanted to play in the sand because yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. So it was really rough, yeah, the arrival. Yeah, I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you that feeling, no matter what they show. I don't know if you saw Shinda's list, mm -hmm. you did. Well, that is a movie, you yes. understand? Yes. And a utopia that never existed. I cannot even imagine Schindler, how he could take out people who were already processed. Once you were processed, you were not a person, you were one piece. When they wanted to tell you, come over here, they said, let the peace come over here. You know, you were not a person. Mm -hmm. I don't have a number because uh, whoever was in that exterminating camp mm -hmm. in Auschwitz, mm -hmm. uh, they, that was, they were going to gas, and it wasn't worthwhile to put a number in, either. Now my aunt, for example, she was selected to work immediately, and she has a number. Mm -hmm. We were in the same place. Yeah. So that was Auschwitz, and that was Heinrich was. Uh, there was the the general of the camp in Heinrich, in that uh, ammunition factory, was a beautiful lady. She was black. For a German to be black is very unusual. They're usually blonde and blue eyes. Mm -hmm. She was black. And she, she went to church every Sunday. And after she came back from church, she always tortured one of the inmates, either to death or have death. That was her entertainment for the day. Wow. So one day, it was my turn, and she was tying my fingers to the bed, and she had, they had this uh, leather strap with a steel stud at the end that mm -hmm. had like nails. You know, it was round, and mm -hmm. the nails were coming out all mm -hmm. over. And she decided she is going to take my nails off. She wanted to make an experiment. She wanted to see if I can work without nails. Oh my God. So she took off my nails one by one. It was, you know, it was, uh, it 
she aimed and the nail went in and she took the flush and the nail at the same time. And I tell you that I've never had such pain in my life. And she told me if I am going to be quiet, she'll do it fast. If I'll be screaming, she'll do it slowly and it will hurt much more. And she took off all my nails, you know, I was bleeding and and my mother and then I collapsed. Mm -hmm. And my mother wanted to throw some water at me, mm -hmm. but she said, no, you let her be. If she can get up, good. If not, let her die. Mm -hmm. So, and evidently I got up yeah. and I worked next day with, the, with those nails. Yeah. They were only complaining that the steel got bloody because it was, I was breathing, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Wow. Because she took off not only my nails but my flesh yes. underneath, the yes. whole thing. Yes. Terrible. It was the greatest pain I ever had in my life. Never. You know, sometimes I think when I'm very numb mm -hmm. and I couldn't think of anything else but the pain, yes. you know? Yes. And it's also like hunger. Mm -hmm. You couldn't think of anything, only hunger. Yes. So now when I'm very numb, I cannot, I think everything else is okay. Mm -hmm. Just my yeah. legs. Yeah. But I cannot think of anything else but numbness. Yeah. And that it reminds me of the concentration camp. Yeah. Because only there did I have that. So yeah. after all of that, they were, uh, when the Allies were coming near, mm -hmm. they took us, they put us on a train and we went partially because all the tracks were bombed, you know, mm -hmm. everything was bombed yeah. apart. Yeah. So then when the tracks were bombed, we had to get out. Mm -hmm. We walked three days, 32 kilometers a day, without food, without drinking. We came to a field and there was grass. We attacked that grass, we ate it, roots, earth and all. Wow. It was the best thing I ever ate. Wow. So that hill became black, you know. So that's what we had after three days. Mm -hmm. And then we went further. Now, there were some people who just couldn't walk anymore and they either died or they were shot on the spot. Mm -hmm. So there was a trail of dead people Nobody cared as we went, went along. So came to a point where I said to I can't walk anymore. So the German had the gun at my temple and my mother said, don't shoot her, I'll carry her. Mm -hmm. And she didn't carry me because you couldn't drag your bones, never yes, mind yourself. Exactly, exactly. But she was dragging me along, you know, and to this day I have that healed some mm -hmm. wounds that do not heal, yes. you know, over stones and yes. everything she was yes. dragging me. Yeah. She dragged me for three days. As I said, mothers stole bread from their children, mm -hmm. food from their children, and she dragged me for three days. Yeah. That was something. Yes. That's why I wrote the book. Yes. You're such a strong person, Miss Bean. You know, and then I was separated from my grandfather. Yeah. 
they said I was holding his hand because I was very close, you see, mm -hmm. closer than to my father. Yeah. And uh, they cut me off, they said, men and women go separately. I said, he's not a man, he's my grandfather. Right. But that was the last I saw them. I lost 137 people in one night. They were all guests in one night. But anyway, I said, what do I need a second dress for? I usually wash it, I wear it, yeah. and it dries on me. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine what a burden it was to have a possession. Uh -huh. You see, you didn't possess a rag, never mind a dress or anything. You didn't have anything for so long. That, and when we were liberated, I also didn't tell you the end. From 1,500 people, three of us, seven of us got to the destination. And I was one of the seven. Wow. So imagine that 1,493 people either died or were shot on the spot. So, Look at the, at the percentage. Mm -hmm. Seven people made it to the destination. And when we got there, I had typhoid. When I ate the first time, I had typhoid fever, I had tuberculosis. And at that time, it wasn't curable tuberculosis. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we were liberated by the Russians. They didn't have an aspirin. My mother found some rhubarb in a field, mm -hmm. and she was cooking it. Mm -hmm. over and over, and this, I ate, drank the syrup, mm -hmm. and that's what cured me from tuberculosis, yeah. from uh, typhoid mm -hmm. fever. Yeah. Now, when I was liberated, I weighed 28 pounds. I was 5'7", 5.7 tall, and 28 pounds I weighed. You can imagine how skinny I was. Oh my God. Yeah. So when we were liberated, uh, in Theresienstadt, that was a model camp. Mm -hmm. They left the people in their own clothes with their families, mm -hmm. and they were cooking. They mm -hmm. had some houses. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the people that uh, were there, you know, we were we were so hungry. We went begging around for food, mm -hmm. and the way we looked, we looked like the past. They didn't want to let us in. Mm -hmm. They threw out the potato peel on the, through the window. Yes. And we picked it up, we ate it with the earth and everything. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was delicious. This is my first husband. He died of a stroke. He didn't die of the stroke. They killed him in the hospital. They did that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was his physical occupational and speech therapist mm -hmm. for eight months and he was okay. Uh -huh. He got pneumonia, they, when he went to the hospital, he was in the ICU for six months, he got every infection from yes. the ICU yes. and the 18th infection, he couldn't, they didn't have an antibiotic yeah. for, so that's why. Wow. Where, where did you meet him? When, when did you meet him? When you got? Oh, when you met, met him, how did you meet him? Oh, when I met him. I was 13 and a half years old. You were 13 when you met your husband? Uh-huh. Yeah, he came. Namely, uh, our house was the only kosher. I don't know if you know what kosher mm -hmm. is. Yes. Kosher house in that part of Czechoslovakia. Uh -huh. And we 
and you know he was a rabbi, so every person who wanted to have kosher, he warmed up in our house. Uh -huh. We always dined with 32 people. Wow. We were always three, but we always mm -hmm. dined with 32 people. And I should also say that my mother's best friend was the president's daughter, mm -hmm. so we had all the political uh -huh. people and high society. Yes. Yeah. And you were quite a stylish woman yourself. I don't know if Well, you... this is... I was... I you was were beautiful. Once very elegant. I you, have to show you. You still are. You oh, have... Please. You're the most fashionable woman that I see coming into the this, clinic. This is... Tell me I'm my ugly head on. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And my husband, my second husband, he was crazy about making pictures. Uh -huh. And I have about 10,000 pictures, and these are my only memories uh -huh. that I live with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, he came, and when he came to see, he came to our house, mm -hmm. and I said that my father is in the library. Yes. And he said he didn't come to see my father, he came to see me. I uh -huh. couldn't imagine what on earth he's coming to see me about. Mm -hmm. Because I was a student, I went to school, very, very diligent student. Mm -hmm. And I was interested only in knowledge and in studying. Uh -huh. And anyway, he came, he was courting me for a while. Mm -hmm. And I also should say that my generation died. I, you know, I didn't have... A, I couldn't really relate to anybody because they were all grown up. I yes. was a child, you yes. know? And later on, so I never really could be talking like uh, all my schoolmates, they all died. All my friends, they died. So, and the boys, the same way. So my husband was 16 years older than I was, but he was, he was, uh, was okay. It was very young, like mm -hmm. hard, mm -hmm. and he really helped me to get over my inhibitions mm -hmm. because I didn't want to love or or anybody or anything, because I always loved so I was yes. loved. Yes, yes, yes. He helped me a lot, he was an angel. Yes. And he died, I thought, for the end of my life. He made my life beautiful, and mm -hmm. I really had a wonderful life. He brought, he bought me a St. John dress every day. Uh-huh. Uh, his head size was my waist size, so uh -huh. that's how he was able to tell <laughs> whether he could fit me. Yes. And he was an angel. He broke down the stars from heaven. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, my father died right away, four years after the concentration camp. Yes. Because he had cancer of the kidneys, mm -hmm. and uh, even though we came to America and he had the best treatment, but you know, there was nothing. Yes. Like that. A very, very smart lady, very intelligent lady. Yeah. By the way, my first mother used to lecture in uh, humanities and literature. Mm -hmm. She was called 
all over Europe in universities she really had what to say she was very intelligent terrific lady I used to always tell her that you care more about the others than you care about me mm -hmm. because she was very often away and I was more with my governess than I was with her. Mm -hmm. I had a German governess mm -hmm. because at that time that was the fashion of the, right. of the year and uh, they made sure that nobody talks to me who has an accent. She was from Berlin mm -hmm. and I had a no accent in German, uh -huh. and maybe that's what saved me when mm -hmm. I came to Mangal and I said I am already 18 years of age. I'm sure he didn't believe me, he just kicked me to the right side. Because uh, he heard German like he spoke. You see, all the other Jews, they were from Poland and mm -hmm. from all over. It's very bad accent. I right. spoke at them. Right. So that saved me several times in, in the concentration camp. Yes. Like one time they were selecting my mother to go to work and she ran back because she wanted to be with me. She didn't want to leave me. And Mangar was beating her. She was, there was blood coming from her back. Right. And I couldn't stand it and I went to him and I said, uh, please leave her, she's my mother mm -hmm. now. Usually what he would do, he would torture one in front of the other or kill us both. Mm -hmm. And his, this time he said to me, but of course, and he let her go. Yeah. Now from then on, the whole camp saw that I was Nazi because he didn't kill me, you know. And from then on, they didn't dare to talk in front of me wow. because I was called the Nazi kid. Yes, wow. Yeah. So anyway, but he let her go, mm -hmm. and that was an impossibility, the usual. But I have to tell you one thing that I had seen that happened. Uh, like, all the pregnant women, mm -hmm. they, they were all killed right away. Mm -hmm. And one must have passed the selection. And she had a, a baby in our barrack, mm -hmm. and was a baby boy. The, uh, the one that was in charge of the bag had to tell Mangala uh -huh. that, that we have a baby. Yes. So he came, he congratulated her over the baby. He said, oh my God, you have such a beautiful baby. He took the baby, he tore off one arm and tore off the other arm, tore off the two limbs and, and threw the torso on the floor. The mother fell over the baby and died. So yes. they were both just barreled away to the yes, to the crematorium. Yes. Now if I don't see it, nobody would even know. Yes. Nobody would tell. Now Mengele, he had a little blood splattered on his mm -hmm. in his boots. Yes. He cleaned it off with his leather. Mm -hmm. Uh, gloves and he went his way like nothing ever happened. Right. Now, as I said, they had orders to follow. This, what they did, was not part of the order. Right. This was done private and, you know, yes. and enjoyment. Yes. So this is what I'm saying. It's not only that they followed orders, but they enjoyed what they did. Yes. They enjoyed to look at people suffocating. Imagine what a hobby.
Yes. And to hang newborn babies. Yes. You know, you and they say he was a good father of three. <laughs> right. And he had he went home mm. every night and he ate and slept. Right. So Yeah, amazing. Nothing nothing. You were saying, Miss Fanny, that the women didn't menstruate. Menstruate. No, they give us uh, they gave us chemicals mm -hmm. in Auschwitz so that nobody menstruated. Oh. And this is why I couldn't have children after oh. that. Because I didn't menstruate yet and by the time I got it, it was very late, yes. you know, because it, it was delayed. Yes. Now, the reason that I have so much trouble with my spine yes. is because the disc that grew there, this wonderful nourishment, yes. cannot support very well the rest. Yes. And it keeps swooping down wow. and keeps pressing on a nerve. Yes. I had two spine surgeries six epidural injections, and now I'm going for acupuncture. Mm -hmm. It's health. Yes. Uh, my doctor recommended pelvic traction, mm -hmm. and that really helped oh, me good. immediately. Good, uh -huh. You know, they dial it, they, they, with some belts, mm -hmm. I don't know how it works, mm -hmm. but they pull me a little bit, mm -hmm. and that worked. Immediately. Mm -hmm. So what are we watching yeah, here? Let me show. This is what my husband made me movies out of uh, certain places that we were and certain mm -hmm. activities. Yes. And You know what she did? You wrote a beautiful book 
and you're sharing your story with people who don't remember. I am writing the continuation. Mm -hmm.